psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Space and time. I am your host here, Mike Brancatelli, and this is Mike Adelic. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, <clears throat> today's episode is just going to be me. It's going to be a solo cast, and it's going to be a continuation of an episode I did a couple, a couple ones back, uh, talking about mental health. I was talking about uh, mental health and stigma in our society and depression and all kinds of other things. Personal journey struggles, and so I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today, along with some other things. Um, you know, using psychedelics in a responsible way, and using them in not a responsible way. Seeking enlightenment, searching for truth, meaning, all of these things, uh, and more, and how it uh, how it's kind of played out in my life. So, if you're into this stuff, um, let me know. Um, let me know. Just uh, send me messages. Give me feedback. Um, you know, I'm always looking for ways to give you guys what you want, uh, or maybe stuff that you didn't know that you wanted, and then you get it, and you're like, "Hey, that was pretty good." Um, so you know, the way that I do my podcasts, um, you know, I really, especially the ones that I'm doing solo here, I pretty much just hit record, and I kind of have a general idea uh, of what I'm going to talk about. But I just let it flow, uh, and I let it come out, and I don't listen to it afterwards, I don't edit it, um, I just put the music track in, and then I send it out there, and uh, and that's it. And then whatever you guys say, you know, I, I listen and make adjustments and move on. <clears throat> um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think of these, of these podcasts. Um, also, you know, I've been thinking about ways to do you know provide more content do more things i've been doing these live streams with ed Liu, the host of psychedelic milk um me and him have been doing these uh google hangout live streams every thursday night at 10 p.m eastern time and um and then i've been putting them on my patreon account so there are special bonus episodes every week for patreon subscribers so if you want to support the show you can gain access to that and uh you can help me out and um you can uh, do that for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C. 
Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> up to 66 five-star reviews right now on iTunes, which is just, uh, it's amazing. I mean, thank you so much. It's, it really just means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to, um, you know, go on and, and leave a little comment and say the nice things that you do. So I want to read a couple, give, you know, some shout outs to some people and I'll read a couple of reviews that people wrote. Um, we have uh, someone that says, enjoying this podcast a lot, uh, Faz0972. Um, I've been really enjoying the varied guests on the podcast. Subjects are excellent, and Mike does a great job on the interviews. I enjoy the message of self-freedom and the greater understanding we can all enjoy with these sacraments. Thank you. Uh, Cheeky Prickster. Great show for libertarians. As someone who has never used psychedelic drugs and only occasionally uses marijuana, I still find a lot of value from this podcast. I love the episodes about general libertarian themes in the show. Definitely worth a listen to you if you're into libertarianism, drugs, or both. Well, thank you. And, you know, I've thought for a while about possibly changing the name of the podcasts from Mikeadelic to something else, something that's more inviting or, you know, encompasses more of what I talk about in the show because, you know, there's, I guess maybe people could sort of get the wrong impression about this show because there's other shows like, like my friend Ed, who I mentioned, who hosts Psychedelic Milk. His shows really do focus on the use of psychedelics and he interviews people that talk about their different experiences and what they do in the, in the world of psychedelics. And although that's a part of the show, it's not really... It's not really all the show's about. So I was thinking about changing the name, but I don't know because I've already kind of established this name. So maybe you just leave the name and just keep doing what I'm doing. And if people find it, they find it or whatever. I just don't want to, I don't want to like put anyone off who might not be into psychedelics or something like that because, you know, it's kind of a radical thing, I guess, you know, I mean, not, not many people take psychedelics. I mean, people I'm sure have like tried psychedelics, but it's not a it's not a very major um thing or maybe it's becoming one and maybe I should just leave it. So I don't know, maybe let me hear your feedback on that. What do you think? That would be nice. Next one is by X Ingo Ox. Uh nice job. It's great to finally come across a podcast that talks about the good stuff. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh next review, awesome. Literally an amazing podcast. This is by Alex and Alexander Stas. Literally an amazing podcast. I find subjects like this so intriguing. Finally, someone to talk about what they believe in. Exclamation point. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I really appreciate these ratings and reviews that you guys leave. It's, uh, it, it really helps the show out a lot and um, really, uh, you know, couldn't do this without you. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, <clears throat> really, really, uh, if you have uh, if you have the time, if you enjoy the show and you listen, and uh, you're thinking, oh, how can I, you know, support this guy or show a little love? Leave a iTunes rating and review, <clears throat> or like I said, you can go on to Patreon, and you can uh, you can donate as little as a dollar a month, which boils down to like something like three cents a day. So, um, yeah. Well, so. Continuing from that last episode, uh, which I guess, you know, got a little heavy, got a little personal, um, but, uh, you know, that's what I do, uh, I guess. I don't know. 
It's it's a strange thing to think of sometimes to think about what I do, uh, because I don't know, and it, and it's and it seems weird. It seems kind of strange. I I, ha- I always have this weird feeling of like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> you know, um, because I guess I just I I just view. Uh, I don't know. I just view all of us as being kind of the same thing. And, uh, you know, I don't really, you know, I'm not an academic. I'm not like a scholar. I'm not an author. You know, I'm just, I just happen to be, I guess, a person that uh, is just interested in certain things and also feels compelled to talk about things in an open and honest way. I guess if you guys listen to the show, you, you know how much I value uh speaking your truth and and being open and being honest and i guess also being vulnerable which is something that um i've learned how to do i've definitely learned how to do and i felt that uh there's great power in that there's a there really is a lot of great power in in opening up and and being vulnerable um because at the end of the day you know we're all going through this human experience together and a lot of times we're experiencing things that everyone else is experiencing, but we think it's only happening to us or, oh no, those are crazy thoughts or that's weird or that, you know, someone wouldn't get that. But chances are they will, you know? And I I guess it could be a little scary sometimes to really fully open up and admit, you know, everything about yourself and who you are and where you stand and what you think. You know, maybe you're hesitant. Oh, I shouldn't share my opinions because, you know, like I said, who the fuck am I and blah, blah, blah. But um, I guess I guess always trying to keep your ego in check about it is a good thing, which I definitely credit myself with doing because, you know, like reading all these reviews and reading all the messages that come in and, you know, listening to guests, you know, feedback and stuff. And, you know, sometimes like having people that I really respect, like reach out to me, you know, authors that I really respect, call me, ask me for advice and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. It's mind blowing. But then I, I try and just put things in check and you know, I, I try not to say, Oh yeah, like I'm the man, I'm the guy, this is my thing, like this is what you know, I'm doing it and no one else is doing it. It's like, no, we're all doing it, you know, we're all doing it. Everybody has a purpose to serve. Everybody has uh you know, everybody's communicating uh some level of truth from what they think, from their life experience, from their uh, perception. And I think that, you know, that, that's really, that's really the trick, you know, I mean, if we're all one and everything is one and we're all connected, then we're all just different nodes of consciousness, you know, having subjective experiences through the different kinds of vehicles that, that we were birthed into. You know, I'm in a human suit vehicle and I'm talking about things that other people are probably thinking about or interested in and maybe they their particular vehicle doesn't really suit them to do that so here I am I'll do it for you don't worry about it I got it and there's other, you know there's other people that that will do it you know there's a lot of other people that do it a lot of people that uh I guess I I give a shout out to right now I mean um you know people that I guess have inspired me people like Aubrey Marcus Corey Allen JP Sears uh Dr. Christopher Ryan Duncan Trussell Joe Rogan uh Russell Brand, um, uh, Tom Tom Woods, Ron Paul. Um, <laughs> I got a very eclectic, diverse uh, spectrum of people. 
uh, and 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 many others. You know, I'm I'm just saying there's there's a lot of people out there, and they're communicating. Um, they're communicating what they you know feel passionately about or what they feel compelled to to do. And I think you know, and those I mentioned those people because I feel like those people are some of the most authentic people that, that I try and always make sure that I listen to authentic people. Um, you know, anybody that gives off a vibe like they're just doing this for, you know, some fame or money or something like that, it's uh, immediate turnoff because that's not what that that's not what this is about. You know, this this transcends all of that. This is about what's really real. You know, the real stuff. And what's really real is is your life, you, me, my life, our experience, our waking experience, our our daily, you know, way of, of being. What we what we do, what we choose to do with this gift that we've been given, this human incarnation. Because it is a gift, you know. And so, so many times we can get lost track and we can lose sight of that. And um, it's easy to do because we've created all these games, you know, that bog us down and we think that they're all so important and we're on this treadmill of progress and progress and success and striving and hustling. And for what? You know, for who? Is it really for you? If it's really for you, good, good. But if it's not, don't do it. Just don't do it. Oh, but I got to pay bills. and Oh, I got to do this or that. You'll figure it out. You know? As far as we know, this is, this is, a, this is a, a go-around, you know? This is, this is a, a, t- a time to play your hand, you know? Uh, I always thought, it was silly people that follow strict religious institutions and their rules and regulations and kind of try and live by those but they don't really live by them they just kind of attempt to and they're forcing themselves to do something that's not necessarily natural or doesn't feel right all in the hopes to get to some better place in the end after they die it's like why would you gamble like, why would you, like, we know we're here now. So why would you gamble on some better shot or something later on? <laughs> why not just, why not just be who you are and say what you mean and feel how you want to feel and do what you want to do now? Because we all have the choice to do that, you know, and I think that that's, one of the most important things, one of the most important things that I've learned is that it doesn't matter how, how, how much, um, you know, the facts are on your side. It doesn't matter what the numbers say and all these things. I mean, I've been screaming into a microphone for years, you know, on part of the problem. Uh, my other podcast that I used to co-host with uh, comedian Dave Smith, you know, just, oh, don't these people get it? I mean, clearly, you know, having a voluntary free society is the way to go. You know, it's just... People are first of all, number one, people are not responsive to when you when you're when you're trying when you're beating them over the head with things that are you know to be logical and and rational. It's just um you know, that's it's 
it's not something that um, really sways anybody's opinion. Because a lot of times people don't even realize that they actually have a choice. So you could be suggesting all the greatest things in the world, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of people just see themselves as a, as a kind of like a supporting role in this grand play that we're in. And to a certain extent, that's true, but, but also, to another extent, you are the star of the show, you know? And um, once you realize that, once you recognize that you actually, you really have a choice, then that gives you the power to literally change the world. And I don't mean that in like some hippy dippy, like, we're going to change the world, man. And like, everyone's going to be hand, hand in hand and like, you know, singing kumbaya. And we're going to have flowers in our hair. And we're just going to be high all the time. We're just going to be eating mushrooms all the time. And we're just going to be high and fucking. And there's just going to be orgies. And, you know, it's no. No, it's just it's just a matter of knowing that, you know, of, with every choice, you know, this is this is one of the greatest games of all time, you know, to play the human game, to be a human being, to be the this character in this virtual reality landscape that we call life. It's like it's like playing the ultimate RPG game, role role playing game. Like you just you just get dropped into this character and you're born, and then you have these certain kinds of skills and abilities, and then you can kind of build on them. But there's no instructions, there's no map, it's an open world, and it's literally whatever you choose to do. Choose your own adventure. But every choice has a consequence. Every choice, you're sacrificing one thing for another. So I get that it's not easy, but you have the choice. And when I say that as soon as everybody, you know, when I, when I was saying that, like, sometimes it's hard to, to communicate things to people that you think is rational and that you think is correct, and they don't really understand, it's because they don't understand that you can take the, the game board and shake it up and throw it out and choose to play another one. There, you know, there's all these structures and institutions and these game rules that we all conspire to agree upon we've we've created them by as i said conspiring to agree we and a lot of us just are in this default agreement we're just kind of in a auto pilot mode because it's 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 very the 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 structures the the, the game rules are laid on so thick from such an early age that they, they cloud a lot of our judgments and they cloud a lot of our thinking because we think, well, this is just the way it is. This is the world and it is the way it is. And, you know, government, it's just a foregone conclusion. It's just a thing that exists. It's always existed. You know, there's, um, you know, the, the banking, the way that banking is done. Well, money, I don't know. That's just the way it is. And But as soon as, you know, one person says no, that gives other people the courage to do what they feel is right 
And as soon as you recognize, oh my God, yeah, I have a choice. I could actually choose to just not go to work today because I hate that job. And yeah, you're going to, it's, it might suck. You might, you know, be behind on your rent or you might have to work a, a lower paying job that you don't really love for the time being until you figure something else out or whatever. But you're, you're setting yourself up to be on the path that's right and true for yourself and your soul and for the society at large. Because once you start acting independently as an individual and communicating from the depths of your soul and your psyche to what is true to your nature and your reality, you change the game for yourself. And then that creates a ripple effect. Because then if everybody starts doing that, that's how we like actually literally change the world. That's, that's, how, that's how massive change happens. You know, that one guy in that Tiananmen Square standing in front of the tank just was like, no. And that message resonated and it, 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 it hit everybody that saw that. If you haven't seen it, go look, the, the unidentified man standing in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square, I think maybe in 1980 or something. And he just said no. He just stood up to the war machine and said no. And the tank was like trying to go around him. But I mean, it's such a powerful image. And I guess maybe sometimes we need, you know, r real true leaders, not these puppets who, you know, just give us all, you know, this lip service and create this alternate reality of weirdness and just anti-humanness that we all know something's not right. This doesn't feel right. Something's wrong here, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And we chalk it up to just, well, this is just the way life is. No, it's not. This is the way people who came before us decided to decided on how life should be and the way that we continue to go about living. We decide every day with every choice, with every action. This is the way life should be. But as soon as we realize we have a choice, we can pull back and we can start choosing the way that we really want things to be. And like I said, it's not easy and it requires sacrifice. And, it, and you know, sometimes, but sometimes that sacrifice is worth it, you know? And it's, you know, it could be uncomfortable too. You, you know, look, you got a lot of student loans and you can't pay them. You know, what are you going to do? It's like insurmountable. You know, it was, it was kind of a fucked up situation what happened. I mean, I got involved in it too. You know, they were giving student loans out like it was water. And I thought, hey, if I just go to college, get a degree, everything's going to be fine. I didn't know anything. No one told me. And you find out, well, it's not really what they said. I mean, is that right? Is it moral? Is it, is it fair? Is it just? Is it kind? No. So you got to make a choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to get sucked into the system and conform and continue to try and, you know, make sure you have good credit and make sure that you're an upstanding citizen and everything's paid on time? Or are you going to go, hey, fuck this shit. This is bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. We got ripped off. We got, we got abused and lied to. They told, us, they told us go to school, pay attention, do this, do that. You'll, you'll be fine. I mean, what the hell do we know? We're kids. And, you know, our parents, they were told the same thing. So it's like, all right, you know, 
I get a feeling that people don't want to live in this predatory system anymore. We don't have to be predatory towards, towards each other in order to do well and succeed and have a fulfilling life. <clears throat> I, I mean, I would argue that we just don't need that at all. You know, the, the people that behave that way, are they happy? You know, is Donald Trump fulfilled, happy, complete? Like, you know, John McCain, like, I don't know, who else? Uh, people, heads of banks and things like that, corporations. They keep acquiring more and more and more and more. Owning more and more. and Like, for what? Are they satisfied? Fulfilled? Happy? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. But I would guess that they're not. And I think that's why they keep going. You know, $34 million. Oh, you know, keep going. Now you're in a new game. You got to compete with the 34 millionaires and, you know, keep going. More stuff, more things, more accomplishments. I think it's just void filling. There's a hole in the human soul. And it's just, you know, we've become this like insane, paranoid, fearful culture. where the solution to all of your problems could be bought in a store. And that's not to say that, like, you know, material things are not worth having, because of course they are. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff that we have. I mean, I'm doing this podcast right now. I'm on my MacBook. I got my iPhone out. It's great. I love it. You know? I'm wearing a pair of shoes I bought from Australia or New Zealand, I think. All birds, they're really comfortable. I recommend them. You know, flew it here on a plane, shipped it off. I mean, uh, it's great. I, I love that. But we can, you know, <clears throat> we can start to do things in a, in a in a in a different way. And I think I I really have faith in in my generation and the ger- generations younger than us that they really are kind of waking up. You know, I don't know. I guess the it's you guys. <laughs> I guess it's you guys. You guys are like my main audience, I guess. I don't know. Be interesting to know. I mean, I guess I kind of know. But um So yeah, so choice. <clears throat> and um <clears throat> I think uh you know, I'll do, I guess I'm going to transition now and just kind of talk about <clears throat> what more of the, like the continuation from the last podcast was because, you know, I guess I said some things there that were maybe a little dark or whatever, but look, basically the bottom line is that, uh, you know, I have been interested, like my whole life, I, I, ever since I was born, I always knew like there was something more to like what's going on. Like there's another there's something else that's happening. This is not it. There's other planes of existence, other experiences, other kinds of versions of reality. There's, there's more out there than just what's that. What I see in my little, you know, suburban town. You know what? More. There's more to what's going on in this crazy thing called life than what we're being taught in this stupid public school. 
but I just didn't really like know where to go or what to do. And it, it really wasn't until the first, my first LSD experience that I really like broke through and had a profound experience and was like, holy shit, this is, everything is malleable. Like we can change things like where we can create our own reality. Like this is, and there's like a level of existence that we can choose to be happy in that <clears throat> things aren't just the way it is. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I was just like getting high for like, like all the time. I mean, I was just try cause I didn't, again, I didn't really understand and it, you know, I guess it's a journey and now I'm starting to understand more, but I was just like, how can I get back to that? Because that's the truth. That's what it's all about. That love, that light, that euphoric feeling, that feeling of connectedness, that feeling of, of, of love. And, you know, that, that's what it's all about. So I would just try and get back to that. And, I, you know, it was just partying and doing a lot of psychedelics and doing a lot of drugs and just trying to get back to that place all the time. You know, just like a constant roller coaster of just like let's go keep going and I, I i was pretty much just like high for like like a year straight um and then i came down uh and i was like what the fuck like what i don't like i was like i don't understand like why can't i just be like that all the time why can't we all just be like that all the time you know, I didn't really, I didn't, it didn't really compute. And that's when I made the decision to, to quit my job and to start doing comedy full time. Cause I was like, you know what? Like, this is what I want. Like, I'm not going to just waste my time, like doing some bullshit that I don't care about. So I quit my job. I became a dog walker and I started doing stand up comedy. And, uh, and I felt like that was, I'm like trying to, you know, live a life that's close to truth. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I can't really talk about like what I want to talk about, like on stage. Like I have, I have to like make these jokes and stuff. And it was fun, but I was like, this isn't where my like deep meaning of truth is. Like I need to keep going. <clears throat> and that led me to Peru. And I had a lot, like the most life-changing, profound experience uh, I've ever had in my life. It's impacted me still to this day <clears throat> that I'm still trying to unpack and figure out, you know? And I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember having this like super profound experience and uh, particularly on the last ceremony night, on the fifth night, we, we drank ayahuasca five nights. <clears throat> and on the last one was the, the night that I, um, was just consumed by energy and other people in the room were like, yeah, you're, you, I, sh this girl sitting next to me was like, I, I looked over and I just saw this like big ball of like white light, like coming out of you. And like, there was all this in my mind, you know, I'm, I, the way I was viewing everything was like, like it is a weird feeling, you know, it's like, it's not like, Oh, I was like fucked up on drugs. You know, it's not like, Oh, I was so, it was like, yes, I was so deep in the experience, but I was also like probably the only person that was standing up 
uh, everyone else was either laying down or sitting, and I was just standing up in the pitch black, dark maloka. And like, I guess the only way I could describe it is like, like convulsing or something, just like shaking. Like I just, I felt just like an immeasurable amount of energy just rushing through my body. And I had the most euphoric feeling I could ever have in my entire life. And my, my thoughts were so crisp and clear. And I was just getting this like download of information and these, vi- and these visions. And when I, when I looked, I saw like bright darkness. Like it was, I could see like clearly in the dark and everything was like, was like kind of, everything was alive. Everything was kind of vibrating and moving, but everything, it was like, uh, the best way I could describe it is like when at the end of the matrix, when Neo sees everything in that code language, like that's literally what I felt like. Like that's literally how I felt like I was, but not, not exactly with, with those, with the green code. It was more of like kind of a transparent yet multicolored kind of, um, secret language, uh, Alison Gray, Alex and Alison Gray, the painters, Alison Gray has this painting called Secret Language. That's exactly what I was seeing. The secret language. It was like all, it was like on everything and like moving in everything. It was like this coded language, like a web, like a translucent multicolored web. <clears throat> and, um, and I, and I was speaking like, another language. I remember the next day, like several people in the ceremony were like, yeah, it felt like there was another, like, cause there was like, I think five shamans in the room and they were singing the, their, the, the Icaros, the songs. And they're like, yeah, it felt like there was another one singing like a different song. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know what to make of all of this. I get, I mean, I was, I was saying things. I was saying ya, su, sha, sa, ka, like all these, this weird, just repeating over and over. And I remember um, Dr. Tanya Mate was like, you know, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're going through this like big experience. Let's see if you can kind of, you know, channel it into the room. Just kind of, you know, instead of having it totally like take you over and control you, and and make you just like shoot out all this energy in just random places and be consumed by it where I was like shaking and speaking in this different language. She's like, you know, like see if you can kind of focus and harness it and put put energy into the into the room and not have it just be all wild and chaotic. I mean, at least that's what I thought she meant, you know. And I remember, you know, I went out to the the bathroom and I just kinda like was like, All right, I guess I could, you know, do this and like turn the water on and something about the water, like the calming of the water. I put my hands under it and I like, in my mind, I was like, I guess channeling the, the, the flow, like the calm, the cool flow of the, of the water. And I was like, yeah, all right. I get, I get it. Like be like water, be like water, you know? And then I went into the, the room and I, and I kind of tried to like get my, you know, get it on under control or just, you know, contained or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I basically just felt that I had merged with all energy and all life and everything that ever was and will be and 
I, I don't even know how to describe it. I just can't describe it. I mean, there was images of Buddha and Jesus, and I felt like merging one with them and this light energy and these waves of energy that I was kind of like projecting out into the room. And I remember thinking like, there's other people in here that need help. Like there's people that are, you know, maybe crying or having like a difficult experience. And, you know, all these people I'm with, I respect them so much, you know, because they're from all walks of life. You know, there's 60 year old women, 70 year old men, you know, 20 year old men and women, couples, you know, people from all over the world. And, you know, maybe some people are going through some difficult things and maybe I can do something to kind of help them, you know, with whatever's happening to me, you know, maybe that, maybe that would be something good to do. And that's what I focused on doing. I like thought of everyone in the room and I thought like, who needs, who needs some, some love and energy and, you know, and that's what happened. And I know this sounds completely nuts. You know, if you have never experienced, um, psychedelics and especially if you never experienced ayahuasca, I remember, uh, I was at a psychedelic conference a couple of weeks ago and someone was talking to me about, they were like, well, what, like, I was like, yeah, ayahuasca, yeah, yeah, I've done it, you know, it's 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 pretty wild, you know, and um, they're like, well, like compared to like LSD, like how much stronger is it? And I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. It's not like, it's not even on the same measuring, you know. It's there's you can't you. It's not like it's oh, it's like ten times or a hundred times LSD. It's just like it's completely in its other ballpark it's just it's not even a comparison it's just another thing you can't measure it with the same tool of measurement that you would use for you know and i would say that about all psychedelics you know it's like lsd is lsd psilocybin psilocybin you know mdma is mdma and uh, dmt is dmt ayahuasca is ayahuasca and you just have to measure it within that i guess or whatever if you feel like measuring it but but my ayahuasca experience for me wasn't about getting high because I had tried that. Like I said, I had turned on and I had all of a sudden, you know, the reason why I play like that clip from Terrence McKenna in the beginning of the show is because that's what I, that's what I truly believe is the true gift of psychedelics. I mean, it was like, you know, when I had taken LSD and for the first time, it was like all of the illusions were shattered. You know, people talk about taking the red pill, you know, it's like, that's what happened. It was like, all of a sudden, everything that I had thought of as a foregone conclusion, as a, a structure that's hard and set in, in, you know, in society and life, I had always kind of had this feeling of like, oh, maybe it's not, I don't know what's going on here, something more. So that LSD experience reminded me. It was like, hey, buddy, you know, remember? And everything just crumbled down to the bare bones of nothingness. And I just started to reimagine everything back up and just go, oh, wow. <laughs> and so the ayahuasca experience, when I went to do ayahuasca, I really went because I felt like I was carrying around some trauma, some things that were affecting my life, some things that were not good for me. And I wanted to go for healing, you know, because I had heard so many wonderful stories, you know, people saying that one night of drinking ayahuasca is like 30 years of psychotherapy in one night, you know, it's like, you hear things like that, you're like, here, it cured my depression, this and that, and you're like, wow, wow, like, I, I mean, 
you know, I was dealing with some some baggage and some trauma and some and some stuff and I and I was like, you know what? I I don't want this to hold me back anymore, you know? I want to I want to be whole and complete and be the best that I could be. I I, I if I got to go and give this a shot, I got to go down there and and do it. And and when I went down there and and I was part of the first uh integration group ayahuasca experience led by Dr. Tanya Mate and it was uh it was it was it was cool because we got to share our experiences and i remember them like you know the first day they were like why are you here and we went around in a group it was like 20 of us to share why we were there and you know i the way i saw it was like look like i'm not rich i don't have a lot of money like i i you know i just i just came down here and uh with with the hopes of of trying to heal myself and get better and you know i'm all in like my chips are all in so why would I hold back or lie or not say the real reasons why I'm here? So I just like, I was like the first one to share. And I just said, Hey, look, I'm here because I'm fucking depressed. I don't know what my purpose in life is. Like I, I have things that are, I think holding me back and I don't really know exactly what they are and I want to confront them and I want to deal with this. And, you know, I went into detail about a few things and I, you know, I heard from some people afterwards that were like, Hey, because you decided to do that, like it gave us courage to, to share and open up and to do that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like, like, why not? You know, like we're, we paid all this money to come down here. We took this flight. It's like, if there's one place that you can take your masks off and stop hiding and, you know, and be open and honest, it's just, let's just do it here, you know? And, um, and so that's what I did. And I just, I just did that because I just believed it was the right thing for me to do. You know, that was just what I felt like is worth doing. It's like, that's, that's what makes it all worth it. And so, you know, when I, before that, you know, I was really just getting high, getting high, you know, eating a lot of mushrooms, like, you know, doing a lot of Molly, like going out, partying, clubbing, this, that, the other thing. And it was just, you know, it was just always bringing me down. I was, there was like always come, there was always a come down, a come down. And then, you know, I would just look at the outside world and I would just go, nothing fits. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I just don't feel like I belong in this world. I don't feel like this world is right for, for me. And then I realized, well, it's not really right for a lot of people. You know, it's not just me. You know, it's like there's, we're living in this like delusion. You know, so, so I went down there for healing and I got it, you know, and I had that profound experience. And to be honest, like that experience on that last night, I mean, I can't put it into words. I became a star in the sky. I was filled with energy rushing through my body. I was seeing matrix secret language grid. Everything was vibrating and moving and colorful energy was shooting out of me everywhere. And I was turning into a ball of white light and I had become one with everything. I mean, do you know what it's like? To be literally, literally to become one with everything, like to feel I mean that 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 love that that sense of love that sense of unity that sense of oneness completeness wholeness yes everything has been answered everything's going to be okay everything is perfect and right and true this is what it is holy shit 
wow, it's like being hugged by the, by, by the universe. And then just having it like melt into you. And then you're just consumed with that power, I would say. Powerful, euphoric, love. Those are the words that come to mind. And the next day I woke up and everyone was supposed to meet, I guess, at like 9 a.m. or something. But I, was, I had such a crazy night that I, like afterwards, I, I remember I went and sat in the uh, like eating area after with uh, Dr. Tanya Mate. And we were, we were sitting there talking and she's, you know, was like, yeah, you know, you don't have to like understand what all this means right now, you know. And at the time, I was just like, okay, yeah, I get, I know what it means. Trust me, you know, that's that's where my my ego comes crawling back, and you know, but she was right, you know. It's like I didn't need to know what it all meant right away, and I wasn't going to be able to understand it all right away. And I now understand the power and the necessity of responsible integration, you know, afterwards where I kind of just paid lip service to that because I thought I got this, you know, because cause I thought that I had really, like, you know, if we were at, like, the psychedelic carnival, like, I hit the jackpot. Like, I, I took the mallet and, and smashed it down and it rang the bell up top and I won the big bear, you know? That's how I kind of felt. Like, I was like, I got it. Like, I, I get it. I experienced a thousand years one night I lived from being a bug to a star in the sky. I merged with everything that was and ever will be. I felt the Buddha consciousness and Christ consciousness and all this stuff. And I'm like, I got it. I got it. I came, when I, I came down here and I got exactly what I, what I wanted, I felt like. Or maybe not what I wanted, but what I, what I was hoping for or something. You know? like I was hoping for something grand. And I guess that's, you know, maybe I, maybe I really... I mean, maybe I was also like a little surprised, like, holy shit, I can't believe this is what happened. Um, and I remember the next day, like, you know, I eventually meeting everyone and after I, you know, I'd slept kind of late. Like, I think I came and met everyone at like 11 and I had like, you know, they had this little blanket Shipibo with the Shipibo patterns on it. It's beautiful. And I was like wearing it over my, over my shirt, like on my shoulders, kind of like uh, draped over or something like um, it felt comforting to do that, but I kind of felt like a little depressed. Like I kind of felt like everybody was like walking around and there was a little, like, um, they were selling little trinkets and stuff in the Maloka. And I'm like, I just felt so like, like I wanted to just go up to everybody and be like, Jesus, like what the fuck like happened last night? This, this, that was crazy. Right. But everyone just seemed to kind of be going about their normal day. I was like shell shocked, you know? I, I was like still in a state of shock and I was a little depressed because I was like, I can't, I like, I just experienced the greatest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And I want to like go back to that. And like, I can't like, how do I, what do I do? And then I went back to Iquitos and then I went back to New York. Man, went back to fucking New York. And I came back and, you know, my girlfriend was waiting for me and she was uh, excited to see me come back. And I kind of had this idea in my head of like, 
well, I went down there, I got this healing, I had this profound experience, I kind of know what I'm supposed to do, I feel like I have purpose and meaning, and I have all this love, and so much more love for her than, than I ever had before, and, you know, when I came back, you know, she just wasn't in the same place that I was, and things didn't really go the way that I thought that they were going to go, and, um, and I got mad and angry and I tried to like control things like no this is the way it's supposed to be it's I went down there I got this healing like I had this profound experience like I have all this love and understanding and wisdom now like I'm I'm back like let's do this and it just wasn't clicking and we were fighting and things weren't working out and you know I was angry and mean and I wasn't responding I wasn't because I didn't know how to like handle it. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to really, I didn't know what to make of it, you know? And, and then, you know, like my friends who I was working with had let me go from the job and I didn't understand. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like my whole world is falling apart. Like everything that I came back here to like, get involved with and do like I was like oh I'm so excited I can't wait to see my girlfriend again like I love her so much like things are going to be great like my job like things are going to be great and and like my friends who I worked with who had let me go like we weren't friends anymore like it was just like you're out of the community you know and my girlfriend was like you're out of the community <laughs> I was like what like I, it was like um it was like getting hit with like an asteroid. Like I, I didn't understand. <clears throat> and I was just so, sh- I was so rocked and um, shook. And I felt so alone because like these people that I worked with who were my friends, like they decided to cut ties with me and my girlfriend decided to as well. And we had been dating for a while and I, I felt like I really loved her and I thought this was going to, last for a long time and I guess all of my expectations and all of what my thinking just you know I I, it didn't it didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out and um you know because I thought like okay I'm going to go and I'm going to go down and I'm going to drink ayahuasca and my life is going to change for the better because all these people talk about the healing that they got and all the things and I mean, maybe that comes in all different forms, but at the time, I just didn't understand. I thought I started to get bitter and resentful, and I started to say, like, this is bullshit. Like, this ayahuasca, this psychedelics, this is bullshit. This is all bullshit. Like, I am depressed. I am alone. I've been excommunicated from the community. I've been shunned out of the tribe. I'm left to go wander in the woods by myself to die, get eaten by bears or something. I mean, essentially, that's the biological, in our in our biology, I mean, that's essentially what it is, you know, we've, as we evolved as hunter-gatherers, if you got excommunicated from the tribe, if you got, you know, pushed out of the tribe, you were dead. <laughs> you were left to go wander on your own and probably die. <clears throat> and that's what it felt like. I felt like I was, I got pushed away from everyone and everything that I was having such a great time in my life before, and now it was all gone. <clears throat> and I got angry and bitter and resentful and cynical and nihilistic, and I just felt like 
every like this is bullshit. This is bogus. And it's only till recently that I found out that there's a meaning. There's a term for this that Ramdas talks about. Eckhart Tolle talks about. It's uh, they call it the dark night of the soul. And uh, another book that I I read at the time but didn't understand called Adyashante. It's Adyashante is the author, and the book is called The End of Your World. And I I just didn't get it. Like I was like, this is not like. Like I, this is I'm supposed to be, like good now. Like I'm, this things are supposed to be working out for me now. <clears throat> so I just went into this just hopeless despair and anguish, and and I was I'm suffering. I I mentioned it in the last podcast, but I did when I was talking about mental health, like. You know, I just went to this dark, dark place where I just, I, 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 I mentioned that I said that I had suicidal thoughts, but it wasn't like that. I wasn't really actually thinking like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. I was just thinking like more about like, well, why live? Like, why go on? Like, what is, I don't, there's, this doesn't make any sense. Like I experienced everything that ever was and ever will be. And I had this profound like awakening experience, but now I'm back in New York and everything's falling apart and just doesn't seem to make sense and I don't know what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to go and and now I'm back to square now I'm lost again like I th- I thought I found everything and now I lost it all and I was fucking pissed I was like this ayahuasca shit is bullshit I was like fucking plants spirits fucking stupid fucking people folding their legs and meditating and this bogus nonsense this horse shit Oh, sometimes we have to accept this and we have to accept that and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was, you know, I was mocking the, the, what people were saying. I was just like, this is fucking stupid. This is bullshit. This is a, I got, you know, they, they fucking, they got me. I was, I've been had. Like, this is, this is all nonsense. Like, I, you know, this is just, I felt so angry and in so much despair and just hopelessness and, 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 like meaning meaninglessness and then i realized that like you know i mean it it went on like this for a long time cuz i just i couldn't figure out how do i fit back into this world the f- what do i do what the what, what do i what do i do now everything that i thought everything that i had given so much meaning and purpose to is gone now and you know i'm alone and i'm alone in a city that doesn't give a shit about you know it's it's not suited for people who had just had enlightening, you know, spiritual experiences. I mean, I'm like, what? Like, everything just seems so strange to me. Like, wait, no, like, am I going to get, like, a job? Like, and just, like, do something? Like, I, I couldn't put it together. I couldn't understand. And so the only thing that was left for me to do was to just wallow in despair. And I just rotted, rotted away. And I pushed myself to 
record podcasts, I pushed myself to continue with doing what I was doing. And, you know, eventually I quit doing part of the problem. And that was another part of my old life that had gone. And then I was really just on my own completely and, and I guess had some sense of something that I'm supposed to do, but I couldn't, I couldn't push myself to get a job, like to, to do, like to do something that I really just didn't want to do because I just knew that it's just all bullshit. And, you know, I just laid in my apartment and like, resented everyone and everything and just felt angry all the time and depressed. And, um, and I now realize that, you know, it really all did come from me not understanding, not trusting the process, not having patience and not listening to the people that are talking about integration work and daily practice and doing things in, a, in the proper way and, you know, kind of like, um, you know, accepting what is and trying to, you know, trying not to want to control everything and make everything the way that I think that it should be. And why, why don't these people get this message? Why doesn't society understand that this is fucking bullshit? Why can't we change it? Why can't I change things? Why can't I make things the way that I want them to be? How come I've been trying to preach this message of like freedom and individuality and talk about how, you know, that, that, that we, can, we have choice and why aren't people getting this? Why can't I do, like it was just frustration and frustration and anger. And... I just like felt like, what's the point? <clears throat> so, you know, I'm like, you know, I got to do something. I got to, I got to move. I got to do something. I got to just, I, I don't know. I got to do something. Because, I mean, I guess I, you know, I also tried just trying to get high again, just more and more, you know, just let me see if I can get back that way. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you, you already went in that fun house like once. Just remember, it's not as, it's not as revealing as it once was. You already got everything. You know, Alan Watts has a saying, he's like, once you get the message with psychedelics, once you get the message, hang up the phone. You know, and I, I kind of get that, but I think you need to make a, put, place a call every once in a while, you know, to make sure that there's still someone on the other line. There's always more to learn, but I wasn't doing it in a responsible way. And, um, you know, it's easy to feel enlightened and to feel peaceful and to feel whole and complete and loving and one when you're in the jungle, in the Amazon, and you're staring up the starry night sky and you hear those sounds of the jungle and everybody there is loving and kind and nice and they're all, you're, you're on a mission together. And it's easy. Then you go back into the city, into Manhattan into the honking car horns, into the yelling people on the streets, into the, the rowdy crowds of, you know, boozing and girls breaking their heels, guys puking, throwing up on each other, trying to get into fights, you know, cop cars, sirens, subway stations, Trump, the news, elections, this, that, more bullshit, yelling and fighting with people on Twitter, this, 
I mean, it's just, it, it was like, an, it was like overwhelming. It was just really overwhelming. And, you know, there, there, ha- there had to be like a letting go of, of all of that, I think, for me. And I guess I, at first I, I never quite really felt comfortable to like totally let go because I still was clinging to a version of me that, well, what are these people going to think, you know, who are they going to, th- what are they going to think of me? What are my friends going to think of me? You know, if I just, if I just like kind of become another person and just move on and just do something different, move to a different city, move to a different area and start dressing different, you know, thinking to, you know, whatever. It was just like, I just feel that I'm different now. And I felt like I couldn't express it where I was in, in New York. I was getting trapped in old habits old coping mechanisms to just to feel something you know and it was like i i retreated into like into substitutions unhealthy substitutions instead of trying to go out and find connection and love and wholeness and completeness i just would like watch hours of porn and just like order fast food and just do you know drugs irresponsibly and just anything I could do just to feel good and to not risk getting hurt and to not risk getting being exposed and to not risk putting myself out there or just to not make an effort not to, you know, don't get dressed, don't comb your hair, don't do any, just stay inside and just have a pleasure palace of your own until, you know, until you're just like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it was like, it was sickening because that's just, it's not healthy. It's, it's, it's not healthy. You're not, you're not opening up. You're not connecting with real human beings. You know, you're not out, you're not, you're not putting your puzzle piece back into the, the jigsaw puzzle of the world. You know, you're not trying to fit into the world and into society. It's like, you know, I was just retreated. Like, I guess like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, he goes out to live on this, this island in the middle of nowhere because something bad happened and he like retreated. But what good does that do? That doesn't do any good for yourself or for anyone else, you know? Maybe it feels good and that's what I was doing. I was only doing what felt really good and was also really super safe and um, was under my control. Like my suffering was under my own control, not under anyone else's control. And that's like the, that's really the sick thing about it was that like, you know, I realized that this, this was my choice. Fuck. That's heavy. Like, what? I'm choosing to suffer at my own hands because suffering at my own hands is under my control, not anybody else's. And as long as I'm suffering under my own control, well, I'm in, I'm, I'm in control of the game then. This is the name of the game. How much can I make myself suffer? How much can I make myself feel good with cheap fast food type thrills, you know, and just substitute reality for virtual reality and try not to get hurt, try not to expose myself, put myself out there. No, no sacrifice, no reward though. So it was just, nothing was coming. Nothing was, it was all just dark night of the soul. 
And I would, I would think like, I would just look at other people and I would be like, look at them. Like, you know, I lived on a, on a very popular street in Lower East Side, Manhattan. And I would look down at all the people going out, Santa Con and all these stupid things that I used that like, you know, I would have so much judgment for. And I just thought, look at them. They're just, they don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't know what I know. <laughs> they're, but they're blissfully, blissfully ignorant. They're just, they, they just want to have some drinks and get laid and, you know, just try and make it to work on time so then they can get out and watch the game. And they're not, their mind hasn't been blown to smithereens and is exploding with all of this consciousness, oneness stuff that I had just been exposed to. And I was like envious, you know, I'm like that just like the guy in the matrix who he wants to go back, you know, I forget it. He was on the Sopranos. I forget the name of his character. He's like looking at the steak, you know, he's like, I know this steak's not real, but I'm still enjoying it. And it's like those people that are, they, they're, they're just out there. They're just having fun. They're living their lives. They're not thinking about all the stuff that I'm thinking about. They're not wallowing in this despair and, and everything. They're just, they're just doing, they're just doing it. And you know, like, I I was like I was like jealous. I was like God. I just I wish I could just do like why can't I just why can't I just play the game that way you know? But every time I tried, I would just start. My mind would just be it just it just can't it just can't I just can't. You know I'm just thinking about all this stuff. And um, you know. I guess it, I was frightened. I was frightened. I was scared. And I was frightened because I was in a relationship and I really gave it, I felt like I had gave it up my all. I had gave it everything. And I was with a person who there was like no secrets for, you know, from like, I, 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 um, I tried to like really you know, tell her everything and share everything. And, and I just, I kind of almost felt like, um, you know, like, why me? Like, why'd this happen? Like, you know? And so when I was scared and frightened, I was just trying to hold on to some kind of something that made sense. And what made sense at the time was just for me to, withdraw and just stay in and just judge and think and don't go outside and you know but you know that's the beauty of of life is getting involved in in the game you know playing in the human game not being detached from it above it superior to it but with it in it Um, and you know, I just, my, my frustration was like, Hey, I'm, I'm awake and I see through all of these illusions and I'm frustrated because I don't want to be plugged into a society based on illusions and bullshit. Like I'm like a kid, like standing outside and, and being like, 
you know, hey, can 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 Timmy come out and play or whatever? And uh, you know, they're like, oh no, Timmy has to like do his chores and his homework, and I just want everyone to come out and play. Like I, I I'm just I'm just like, hey, like we all have a choice here. Like we can choose to just make the world a better place and do things differently. But it all starts with individuals waking up and just going, wait a second. I don't have to do any of the things that I'm going to do today. I can just choose to do whatever I want to do. And then we can totally change society. Of course, how does that happen? Because not everyone, people, you say that to people, they go, oh, sure, okay, sure, yeah. Well, there you go. Then it's not going to happen. It's as simple as, it's really as simple as that. And so I just was in this despair and this depression and this, you know, dark night of the soul and angry, why, why won't everyone just come out and play? Don't they know how good it is over here? Don't they know the truth? Don't they want to be exposed to the truth? No. They don't. They're happy suffering because it's a suffering that makes sense to them. It's a suffering that they understand. Once you have a profound spiritual experience or an awakening experience and all of your illusions have been shattered and everything has been ripped to the core of the bone marrow, everything is, is broken down to its conceptual origins and you see everything for the naked truth that it is and you, and you view life in matrix vision, It's, it, it's, it shatters your world. It rocks your soul. Everything that you've ever known is a lie. You've been lied to. You've been had. You're, it's a hoax. It's a crime. It's a tragedy. I mean, it could be... I think that's why people have bad trips, you know, because you have this trip and you're having this profound experience and then you're seeing things in a totally different way and the things that you're seeing, it doesn't make sense with what you've been told and what it is and it just, it's so strange and so weird because it's so against what, what's natural for us. We're living in this artificial world that's deranged and insane because it's been cut off from the connection that direct experience with psychedelic substances can offer, the direct experiences with these magical medicines that, that can put all of the world into perspective for you and all of your life into perspective for you and you no longer fear death and you know that everything is just a construct and you know that it's all an illusion, but you make the choice to choose to, to create something better. You know, it, it, could, it, it could be really devastating. It could be really devastating to all of a sudden have everything that you've ever known be shattered to bits. Once again, I mean, I'll just bring it's like Neo in the Matrix when he wakes up. He's you know when that that scene where the where he's freaking out and they're like he's gonna pop, and then he like throws up. I mean, that's that's what happens when you have an awakening experience, and it's not comfortable. It's not easy. Of course, I didn't know this at the time. You know, at the time, I was like, fuck this. This is bullshit. I want to go back. I want to go back. 
But then, you know, I, I, I really couldn't go back because I never was there to begin with in the first place. I was always hovering right on the border of awakening and, and asleep. You know, I knew that there was something right above the surface. I just couldn't really see it. But I was like right there. I was like, oh, there's something there. And then when I finally found it, I was like, fuck, this is what it is. Wow. This, now, this is, now this is a lot of responsibility. That's what it really is that's freaked me out. Oh, shit. I have a lot of, there's a lot of responsibility on my plate now. Now that I've been exposed to all this stuff and I've had this awakening experience and I know all these things and I feel the way that I feel about myself and the world and everything, fuck me. With great responsibility comes great power. Accepting and owning that responsibility, not shying away from it. And why? I don't know. That's just what's going down. That's just who, that's what, that's what's happening in my life. That's, for whatever reason, that's just what's happening. And so, you know, it's just like my whole life has just been like trying to get to the truth, trying to get to the truth, trying to get to meaning. What is it all about? Why are we here? What does this mean? What is this? What are we supposed to do? How can we do it? it it's just... These, are, these have been the questions that have been in my mind for, since I was born. Why do I have to listen to you? Why do I have to do what you tell me to do? Why am I here? What does this mean? What are we doing? Why can't we do it differently? And I've just been beating my head against the wall. And I've been getting high and coming down and, and being like, fuck, this isn't working. It's supposed to be different. When I was at Coachella in 2012, I had this profound LSD experience and everybody there was high and happy and loving and fun and it was just a big love fest and the music was incredible and the people were incredible and I was like, this is the potential for the human spirit. This is the, poten the potential for the world. We can do this. We can be this. This can happen. And then you go back into the world and you realize... It's a lot harder than you thought. It's not going to, you can't just flip a switch. And even if people do take these substances, there's no guarantee. You know, um, I, was, I was listening to a talk that Ram Dass gave where he quoted Houston Smith, and he said, LSD can produce a spiritual experience, but it's not necessarily guaranteed to produce a spiritual life. And I think that's true with all psychedelics. It's like, yeah. You can have a spiritual experience. You can have a profound experience. But, that, you know, but then you go back to your job at the accounting firm. and What do you do then? You know? Are you going to continue to try and live that sort of that life with that, that new information, with that psychedelic mindedness, with that spiritual enlightenment? How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it when we live in a world that's so against it? It's so against everything that the, the real, primordial, cosmic, mystery, spiritual experience offers. The direct experience that you have with these substances, the information and the wisdom and the vision and the feeling that you get, how do you then go back into a society that is against that? 
It's, it's very institutions and its structures, its foundation is predicated upon fear and paranoia and anger and abuse and conflict and aggression and coercion. It's, it's sick. It's crazy. It's crazy how opposite of a world we live in than it is to our true nature. And when you take psychedelics and you have that eye-opening experience, you go, yeah, yeah, this is what it's all about. It's all love. It's all real. We just have to choose to make it real. And you know, I guess I learned something, and that learning was that I chose to suffer. Why the fuck would anyone do that? I don't know. But from things that I read, you know, back to Ramdas again, he was saying that suffering or uh, despair is the prerequisite for enlightenment. So maybe su- the suffering was necessary in order to get me to the point where I'm at now, where I've finally realized all this stuff. Maybe I had to go through the trip to go, I had to live the experience, go through the journey. I mean, that's a lot of what I talk about. A lot of what I think and, and what I talk about is from me living it, from experiencing it, from thinking and pondering and, you know, walking around aimlessly and just thinking, <laughs> just thinking and thinking and thinking and talking and seeing what you guys have to say about it. I truly do believe that what we have here on our hands with these psychedelic medicines are the most important thing and interesting things on the planet. And... You know, Ram Das was also talking about how he was giving a talk, um, something about between the Is- Israel and Palestine, and why can't you know? Like he's like he he was just thinking like, you know, I just he he said I just thought like, what if instead of going to war and fighting with each other, what if we can, what if we had a mode in our society where it was part of the political game that conflict dispute was resolved over a psychedelic trip together? What if world leaders got together and sat in an ayahuasca circle or a mushroom circle and tried to hash out their differences or, or you know, whatever, you know, they would come to see that they don't have much, much differences. But it's that fear, that separation, that, that anger and resentment of why am I here and why am I suffering? It must be your fault. We need to dominate. We need to control. We need to get a grip on this thing that we call life because it's fleeting, it's temporary, and we're, we're moving towards the end and we're going to be dirt for, we're going to be in the dirt. We're going to be food for worms. It's all for nothing. We got to make our mark. We got to stake our claim. We got to say that we were here, that we did it. 
God created us and I didn't ask to be created, so spite him, mighty creator. We are going to show that we're more powerful than God. We're going to control things and we're going to show you, we're going to build things and they're going to last and they're going to be here. And our la- our name are going to our names are going to last in perpetuity and it's going to be this great thing because you know, we're we really are here and it really means something and it all comes out of fear. And fear and and jealousy and bitterness and all of those things. And yeah, I mean, I would I would have to think like, if if there was if 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 psychedelics were an accepted part of society, that we could really have interesting types of, uh, you know, institutions or interesting types of organizations that work to heal people and to awaken people and to get people to lift the veil of illusion that's clouding their judgment and that's creating so much separateness in their lives. Separateness from the one. And then viewing people that are different than than us as the others and dehumanizing them and killing and murdering and, and marching across the globe like, dominating and oppressing and it's just it's hasn't it been enough haven't we done this haven't we played this game long enough and every society every civilization that ever builds up to this great thing always winds up eating itself it collapses from within because it becomes too deranged it has severed the connection we have cut the umbilical cord from our human species to the mystery of the of the cosmos and the wonder of nature and the awe of being connected to the plants and the planet and the animals and everything we are alone we are suffering and we are not aware of it and then we take it out on everyone and we're so distracted by all of this technology and all this stuff we call progress, but we're lacking in our souls and we're lacking in our spirits. And it's real. It's, this isn't woo-woo. There's, no, there's nothing woo about it. It's real. If you want to know why there's so much pain and anger and suffering in the world, it is because we have defied our nature and we have decided to control it. We have brought too much order into being in fear for th- that chaos would swallow us whole and that the chaos of nature and the cosmos and of God will eat us. And instead of trying to live in balance and harmony with it and try and surf the waves of life and reality, we say no. We say, fuck that. We say, let's burn it all down. Let's, let's, let's entrap ourselves and enclose ourselves in, in more and more order. Bigger government, bigger corporations, bigger banks, print more money, arrest more people, throw them in jail more pills, more pharmaceuticals, 
More more people addicted. More prescriptions written. More just more food. More fast food. More sugar. More this. More, 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 more. More people being sick. More people to being suffering. Just so much trying to control. So much order. More order. More order. More police. More military. More TSA. More, 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 more. More rules. More regulations. More laws. And it's maybe with good intentions, but it's, it's wrong. We're not machines. We're human beings. We're these amazing biological globs of goo and these sacks of meat with these bones. Someone posted a meme, I forget what it said. It was something like, you have nothing to worry about. You're a, you're a ghost inside of a meat vehicle with bones or something driving around a city of stardust or something like that. It's like, it's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, 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 exactly. And so, you know, out of our, out of our fear, we have decided to try and, you know, as a human species, just develop all of these mechanisms to control everything, to predict the future. You know, I used to work in, at a company where we relied heavily on data, 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 data. And we would just go by the data and we would never really innovate anything really shockingly new. We would just do something similar based upon the data and never stray from the data, never stray from the data, you know. And it's like, okay, that might work and that might be successful, but you're not living fullest in the human spirit. You're not really biting off all of the, all of the fruit, you know. You're just nibbling a little bit. And so, you know, I mean, look at like, you know, Star Wars, right? The First Order. So much order that it becomes chaos. And so the thing that we fear the most, the chaos, be, you know, that winds up, that, that's the thing that we wind up getting. Because we fear and we attract more fear. We hate and we attract more hate. So, I mean, everything that we project outward that we don't want, we get because we're projecting it outward. We're saying we like, oh, I don't want, I don't want fear. I don't want fear. I'm, I'm afraid of fear. I'm afraid of fear. Well, you're going to get fear because you're afraid of fear. So that's what you're going to get. It's just the way it, I don't know. That's just the way it works. And so we live in a time right now where we, could, we really have the technology and the tools and the resources to really totally enslave ourselves. Voluntary enslavement. Slaves to our devices and our devices become our vices and we're slaves to them and we wind up serving this grand old thing bigger than us and we don't even know why and how we got here in the first place and no one's really satisfied but no one really cares because we're all too doped up on these prescription pills and we're just complacent and we just go along with it as long as we keep getting a paycheck and we can keep putting food in our mouths and we can maybe have a little sex and have a little drink and do a little drugs and have a little fun. It's okay. It's all right. Go, you know, climb a mountain, row a boat. And that's great. But we're mi- you're missing out on what's really real. You're missing out on the real true depths of the human soul and psyche 
the real true depths of the primordial self and the connectedness and the oneness to everything that is and ever will be and the connection to other human beings and the and the awe that comes at staring up at the night sky of the mystery of where did this all come from and how are we all a part of it and how can we make it the best that we could possibly make it to realize that we all have a choice, that we're all players in this game, that we are all co-creating this reality together. And we all have parts to play. And when you run away from that responsibility to accept that role, you feel it. But when you know in your gut there's something that you should do and that you should be and that you should say, you got to do it. That's Because that's who you are and that's what you're meant to do. And if you run away from it, if you deny it, if you don't do it, if you say, well, it's a little risky and, you know, I, I really am making better money at this job, so I probably shouldn't do that now. It's not the right time. I mean, I don't know. We've been dating for a while. I guess we should probably get married. I mean, I guess I want to have kids. I don't really want to be 40 and not, you know, so I guess I guess she'll do. I mean, this will do. It's fine. Trouble. That ain't it. That's not living. That's not life. That's just perpetuating a shitty system. And we're all part of the problem when we do that. When we, when we make those concessions, when we acquiesce and we are complacent, we contribute more of, to what we don't want in the grand scheme and in our own personal lives. And then we live a life that is like, well, you know, it was pretty good. I'm pretty happy. I mean, things are, you know, for the most part, not bad. But it could be so much bigger. It could be so much more. It could be so it could be so much more full and filled with something that you never even knew was possible. And I just want to say, you know, thanks for listening to these episodes that I do here and I hope that you, you know these are good. Um, once again, you know, I just turn on my microphone and I just start talking. I mean, I'm, let me know what you think, you know, I mean, if you want, if you think that they could be better or I could do things differently, I'll make some adjustments, you know, as of right now, I just let it go. I don't edit. I don't stop it. I just, I'm just going and it's just in real time, you know, this is what you're getting. Um, and I, I think We have the power to change society by convincing people that they actually have a real choice. That they, they get to choose. It's not easy. Like I said, it's not easy. And it comes with sacrifice. It's not a utopian dream or a vision. It comes with great sacrifice and maybe great pain and suffering. But... By choosing to act as an individual, your individual actions affect the greater whole. And that's how we move the needle into seeing a world that reflects what we want, what we imagine, what we fantasize about, what we think, oh yeah, like if only things could be like this. Well, the only way it happens, the only way that it can break the illusion is through the sacrifice that you make by choosing. That's it. I mean, that's all I, that's all I know 
right now. We're all separate beings, but we are united by the same awareness, the same energy that is awareness. And, you know, if I'm saying this stuff to you now and it resonates with you and you agree, how do you know you agree? How do you, what is it that I'm saying to you that makes you go, yeah, or I don't know, you know, how do you know? How do I, how does anyone know? How do I know when I listen to uh, Ram Dass or when I listen to other people that I respect and that, that are great teachers to me, Alan Watts, Terrence McKenna, Carl Sagan, you know, how do I know what they're saying when they're saying it is right and true? I don't know. I just feel it. I feel it. I feel, I feel like, yeah. You know? So, you know, I've definitely learned a lot in this past year. Um, and uh, I've gone through a lot of, like, pain and suffering. Um, and, you know, I still, right now, still feel like I don't really know what's going on. You know, I don't really know where I fit in to into the world. I don't really know what my place is. You know, I do this podcast, but my job, my day job used to be in marketing. And I just stopped doing that. Because I just don't feel like it is worth it. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't complete me. And but by not working right now, I'm I don't have much of an income, and it's I have to live on a lower, much lower scale than I used to. I was living the high life for a while in New York City, clubs and Hamptons and helicopters and music festivals and restaurants and you name it. But there's a come down, you know, and all that stuff, all those things. It's no substitute for, you know, the awareness of truth. The, the ability to see through the illusions and the lies of society and civilization as we know it today. That there's so many things that are against us. If we only were to wake up and to see, we would know what to do. And I guess maybe there's a burden that possibly falls on me to just be the person that communicates this message as best as I can. And what that means is accepting that role, which I've kind of denied for as long as this podcast has been going on. 
Um, but I guess what that looks like is just doing more work, working on myself, doing more reading, more learning, more meditating, more breathing, more growing, and more sharing. In the hope that I can say something that will help somebody, lift them out of a rut, and help them wake up and see things clearly and realize. And you know, I am a big, I'm a big advocate of heroic dose psychedelic level use because sometimes we need to just go out of our minds so we can go into our hearts. You know, sometimes we just need to completely shatter our brains to bits in order to stop thinking and start knowing and feeling. Because, as Wim Hof says, feeling is understanding. You don't need to know all of the statistics right now. You just have to know that feeling is understanding. And if we can create some separation between our thoughts and our feelings and create some space in there in our lives to have some imagination and to play and to meditate and to have some some time to know ourselves and know who we are. And when we know who we really are and what we really are and why we're really here, then we can truly love ourselves. And when we can truly love ourselves, then we can truly love others. And then love others can love us. But when we're fighting, when we're struggling, when we're trying to kick and scream and make it the way that we want it to be and defy nature and defy God and control and put more order and more order and less chaos and no balance and all these things, things just aren't going to go the way that you want them to. That's not the way it works. We got to flow. We got to flow together. We got to be open. And we got to be honest. And we got to be real. And I was suffering for a long time because I had always felt like I was weird, and, but I didn't want to be weird. And I, and I felt like I didn't really fit in because I would, you know, would think this way and whatever. I was just, I was just born into, in a certain way where I just was more open and questioned things more and didn't really understand, like, why I had to, like, be shoved into this, like, yellow bus and, like, into this, like, prison classroom and, like, sit in this desk. You know, I'm a young, young boys want to be out exploring and creating things and u- using things with their hands and getting dirty and taking risks and, living dangerously, not being told to shut up and pay attention and sit, sit down in a desk in a fluorescently lit classroom, listen to some loser who never followed his dreams tell you how to live. Fuck that. And there's this, there's this defiance like, that I have, you know? It's like, I, like I am a, I'm a fucking wild creature. And I, I choose to remain to be that way. I won't be tamed. I won't be domesticated. I'm not going to fall in line. I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to be who you want me to be. Because I tried that, and it didn't work. I just felt suffering and anguish because I was like, 
Why am I doing this? To be cool, to be popular, to get girls, and to be like the center of attention, to get laughs. It's not real. It's not true. It doesn't, it's not, it's not soul nourishing and fulfilling. And that's what I require now. I require soul nourishing, fulfilling, enlightening things. And one of the most important things is helping other people. Because I feel so good if, if I can communicate my experience and my suffering and my pain and what I've thought, what I've realized, to help someone who is maybe going through something similar. And you know, you guys could always message me if you're going through anything and I'll talk to you. And we can work it out, you know, together. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, it's like, you know, like, you know, you have all these people out there with these degrees and they're all qualified to do all sorts of things. But sometimes you just want to talk to someone who's maybe sort of like you or who could maybe help you in in more of a real way where as a professional person might be obligated to help you in a professional way, you know, where I I can't really condone that, but I I can recommend this. And, you know, the other thing with a lot of professionals is if you like therapists and stuff, I mean, they're, they're okay. It's nice to talk to somebody, but you know, really, I mean, they're just trying to get you to keep coming in, you know, forever, you know, so they're not trying to help you and then let you go. It's not the way it works. So, you know, that last podcast that I did, I was talking about mental health and the stigma in our society and I talked about my own struggles and, you know, here I, I talked a little bit more about it, but, you know, I just want to say, I guess in, in conclusion, like, yeah, there's something wrong. Yes. And it's not necessarily that there's something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with your brain or, or us. It's not our faults. It's the fault of all of us combined to agree to this situation that we're in here. If things aren't the way that we want them to be, then we have to make the necessary sacrifices in order to choose to walk down the path that will get us closer to the, the being the way that things, you know, to, to being the way that we want it to be. To being closer to a more healthy, true, real way of living. And that means not, you know, it means pulling back from the team tactics of, you know, the yelling and screaming and one-upping and winning and dominating and all that stuff. It means just listening and just being open and seeing things from other people's perspectives and trying to meet people on common ground and trying to ask questions that nobody else is asking, trying to talk about things that no one else is talking about, trying to open up and be vulnerable and tell people things that you never you usually say open and open up and connect i mean it's such a great thing that we have the internet and we can connect with each other on a on a global scale but what use is that connection if it's not soul nourishing and fulfilling and heart opening and mind expanding and 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 we're coming from a place seated with love and understanding and compassion and empathy what good is it then doesn't mean anything if we don't have any of those things This is 
our life. And so often, we just give it away to other things, be it corporations or governments or banks or partners, relationships, parents, family. We, people want us to be a certain way, want us to think a certain way, want us to dress a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain kind of character that they feel comfortable with. They know who we are. We are the person in this role. We are expected to be that way. Remain consistent. Do not deviate from the script. You are Mike Brancatelli, the Mike Brancatelli that I knew when we went to high school together. You be that person always. Don't you deviate. Don't you change. Don't, you're acting weird. You're saying crazy things. You're not acting normal. You're not who you used to be. Oh, oh no. System failure. We are all one awareness, one consciousness, pushing out through totally unique ways in all different forms. And like I said, this is our life, and we give it away, but we don't need to give it away. We don't need to give it away to these things that are bigger than us. What we really need to do is know that it's all about us and our individual experience. And by being empowered by that idea and fully embodying that and engaging in direct experiences with mind-altering substances that can, that can open up our hearts and our minds and connect us with other people, by, by meditating, by breathing, by connecting with others, by sharing and loving and, and being vulnerable, we change the world. We literally do. Because that's what life is about. We have the power to, to do that. And I'm doing that. And I'm definitely suffering. You know, it's definitely not easy. But I can't do anything else. No, nothing else is makes sense for me to do. It doesn't seem worthy enough for me to do. Um, you know, to quote Ramdas again, he said uh, one of his, uh, this is a very Ramdas-influenced podcast, by the way, but he said, um, he's like, yeah, I like to think of my first name, Ram, as an acronym for Rent-A-Mouth. <laughs> he's like, oh, here I am, just Rent-A-Mouth. I just come here and I yap, and that's what I do. And it's this thing, it's just like, well, this is what I, I do too, you know, I just, I have these thoughts, I have these ideas, I have these experiences, I have this vision, I see things a certain way, and I want to wake people up, I want to share it, I want to say, come out and play, I want to, you know, say, we can do this, we can change things, we can make things better, we can create more love in the world. And, you know, I, I, I guess because of my psychedelic experiences and I just feel that I can't, there's like, it's not that I feel, it's that I know once I've opened, once I decided to open myself up that way, I, I just can't go back because I, I am so open right now that I feel all of like the pain and the suffering and the, I mean, I feel everything. I feel the joy. I, I feel it all. I really, you know, meditate on it. And I feel it. I feel, I try and always put myself in someone else's shoes. Maybe I fuck up sometimes in the moment, you know, in the heat of things, definitely. 
still got to work with that anger. But, you know, I definitely, you know, when I hear about tragedies or people suffering or dying, you know, and I mean, just look at what we have going on in this country, you know, heart disease, suicide, gun violence, car crashes, people on medications, uh, antidepressants, number of people reporting that they're depressed, number of veterans killing themselves uh, from suffering from PTSD. People that are overdosing on opioids and prescription painkillers. People are getting locked up for nonviolent drug crimes. People that are getting sent off to foreign lands to die and to kill. People that are being killed because the people that we have ruling over us are doing that. The people that we have ruling over us are stealing our money that we make and using it to better themselves and to do all kinds of things, afford this global empire of war. You know, the bankers that just get bailed out and just keep running the show. The central banks that just keep printing the money and Raising the inf- inflation rates, making everything more expensive, and purchasing power going down. And the aggressive attitude that our police have, the, they go out looking for trouble, looking to write tickets, looking to make quotas. We live in the upside down. If you watch Stranger Things. We live in the upside down. We live in a world that's backwards. But we made it this way. But we made it this way because those were our best ideas at the time. And like I said, in order to balance chaos and order, we went too far on the side of order and we wound up getting the thing that we didn't want, which was too much chaos. We tried to defy God and say that we got this, we can control everything. We are creators as well, and we can, we can create better than you can create. I'll show you. And look at where it has gotten us. So much pain, so much suffering, and so much, so much needless pain and suffering. And then again, it's all perfect, right? It's all the way it is because that's the way it is because that's what is. Yeah. But what kind of a game would this be if it wasn't an interesting, if it wasn't, if we, if we didn't choose to fight to make things better? Because that'd be pretty cool if we could. And at the end of the day, that's all that I really want. I, I, guess I do what I do because I see, I experience suffering and I see suffering and I, I see a way to change it. And the way to change it isn't, for me, it's not through apps. It's not through, you know, devices and virtual reality. And for me, it's just maybe taking psychedelics and 
in a responsible set and setting and having a profound experience and and then trying to integrate that into a daily practice of meditating and breathing and exercising and eating right and and practicing what you preach, helping others, feeling grateful, having gratitude and and just living that way. And when enough people decide to live that way, then that's the way that we live. And then our values change, our priorities change, the things that we're striving for change. Everything changes. The fundamental nature of our existence changes. All of the fundamental structures of our institutions, the incentive structures change. And we work towards creating something that we can all enjoy and that works out and that's good and that's healthy and that decreases the amount of suffering in the world and the amount of suffering in our lives. And, you know, I believe that we're in a time right now where all of our basic illusions are being exhausted from society. You know, um, I think that's a, Arthur Miller said that, uh, uh, you know, a society is ready to change when all of its illusions have been exhausted. You know, pe- when people aren't buying into all of the bullshit anymore. And you could tell that the media and the governments and the banks and they're, everybody, they're freaking out. They're freaking out. They're clinging on and holding tight to their structures, their, their organized order, their structures, you know. They're panicking because they're, 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 they have a, they're, they're, they're a dying breed. They're becoming obsolete. We are evolving. People's hearts and minds are opening. And we are learning to come back into harmony just a little bit more, to, to, to not have full unity because that, that full unity that's no fun, right? That's like when I merged with everything that ever was and ever will be. Well, where's the fun in that? You're just this ball of energy and you're just this one thing. No, no, no. That's not the game. The game is to separate and then to, to, to it's like a game of hide and seek to find each other and to try and get back to that place where we're not, we're not all that ever was be and ever will as, and as one, as just one thing, but we're close and we're separate enough that we all can have fun in our interesting little unique games and our u- unique experiences. Because that's what makes life worth living, is the diversity of, of uniqueness. And it's infinite. And, you know, one of my favorite books is Finite and Infinite Games by James P. Carse. And it's, you know... Finite games are these games that we play on a daily basis, right? Like the game of go to work, get up on time and go to work, or the game of, uh, you know, whatever, dating or, or something like that. But the finite games are the game, the game of life is, is to keep the game going, to just keep it going, to not, not blow up the world and kill everybody and nuke the place, not to enslave everybody and, you know make people suffer, but to allow more freedom, more things to flourish, new, creative, eclectic, diverse ideas, and to let it all dance together in a, in a, harmony, har- a harmonious, chaotic, orderly flow, organized chaos, and keep that f- floating, keep that, 
that balancing act of order and chaos floating and floating around, hovering above the water and kind of bobbing and flowing. Not to try and defy God, become God, and kill God, but to flow with it, to make it the infinite game, to keep it going. You know, we're, we're never... It's like, what are we all working towards? What are we all striving for? Ultimately, yeah, money, house, car, things, but what does it all really mean? Why? Why? And I would argue that there's a deeper reason for why we're doing all these things. And if we could just have a moment to stop and think and to create some separation, that we could really truly know who we really are and what we really want and what we're really doing and take a look at what we're doing and know that maybe we're a part of the problem and try and come back and try and do things differently, make sacrifices and walk a different path. So that might be it for for today for this episode. Um, let me know what you guys think. Um, let me know if you found this to be helpful. And um, let me know if you like these kinds of episodes and you want to hear more like this. And I'll do more like this. Um, I'll try and maybe organize them a little bit better because sometimes I'm not so good at doing that. I just kind of go off the cuff and just say whatever comes to mind at the time. But maybe I'll put together some episodes that deal with like specific kind of challenges and, and things like that, you know, th specific themes for the episodes. But yeah, I, um, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. And um, let me know if you guys enjoyed this and what you think. Give me some feedback. Let me know. Message me. And if you like the show, if you have good things to say and you're a fan, please go leave a nice rating and review on iTunes. It means a lot. And uh, also, you can go and support me on patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world where, you know, we need money and to survive and to do things. But I just want to let you guys know, like, I am not, I don't have any money and I'm doing this because this is what calls to me. This is what I feel compelled to do. This is what I just, I have to do, I guess. I don't know. I, I want to do. And, um, yeah. So, that's why I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing this to try and tell you what I know, tell you how it is, tell you what, you know, tell you about my life, tell you maybe a little bit about my experiences and and seeing if it resonates with you and if you have if you have anything that maybe you think of maybe, you know, I just hope that I can do my part into trying to create a a better world and I I think maybe you know, I, I definitely want to get involved in doing some, some bigger things, some other things, but for now, this is what I'm doing right now, and 
Um, I want to continue doing this if it's good and if it works and if you guys like it. So just let me know. And uh, yeah, um, thanks. And I hope this was a good one. And uh, till next time, be truly who you are and never hesitate to speak your mind and share what you truly believe is right. Love yourself and love will come to you. Do good and good will come to you. I really believe that. I know it sounds kind of cliche and, you know, you've probably heard it before, but I guess cliche is cliche for a reason, right? It's true. I'm not afraid to say things that are corny and cheesy and cliche because I don't care. (laughs) I only care about what's true. And you guys are true. So be true with me and let me know what you think and see if we can you know, make this message go, go viral. All right. Peace and love, happiness, courage, strength, Semper Fi and all that good stuff. All right. Live long and prosper. Love you guys. Peace.